Hey, Saya. Yeah. He's an eight, but he thinks Empress Teresa is actually written well. Zero an option? Yes. Zero. I was going to say, like, negative 5,000. Negative 5,000. Negative 5,000. I don't... Can somebody be negative attractive, like, just in general? I mean, yes, they can. Yes, they very much can be. (laughs) Hi, it's Empress Teresa, chapter 13. We're at page 207, surprisingly. (sighs) It feels like we've read this for forever. It feels like we've been reading this since the dawn of dinosaurs. We haven't heard from the chipmunks, but we know that there's a rise of a narwhal army on the horizon because of Empress Teresa and her bullshit. <laughs> the just, narwhals are not happy. I just happy. got a notification about uh, your anthropomorphic windmill drawing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's just, uh, he has an iPhone. Loved an image. <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't even need to say anything. <laughs> Yeah. So So while I get to my page here, I'll explain what the hell that even meant. Um, (laughs) On my travels back when I was gone for a little bit of a mini tour with my boss, Elliot, um, we were really tired and coming back from Des Moines home into the state here. And he was telling me the story of, what was it, Don Quixote? Don Quixote. I'd never heard this story before. This was the first time I'd heard of it. And, uh, when I get really tired, Maya's very aware of what happens to me when I get really tired. Oh, yeah. Is I just start going off the rails in, in stories. So, I said something about, is the windmill... A prostitute. Like, is it an anthropomorphic prostitute windmill? And then I, of course, thought of Maya right away and told her she needed to make one. So she drew me an anthropomorphic prostitute windmill. Which is basically me just grabbing a picture of a windmill and drawing over it. Yes. It's it's truly art. In our barbecue, um... The Grill Who Fell in Love with Christian Grey. I also drew that one. If you are on Spotify, you can see it. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, I had her draw me this anthropomorphic windmill, and I never sent it to him because we were too busy making memes. (laughs) Yeah. Because that also happens. Remember, kids, if you don't want Simon and Maya to make fun of you... Don't be a creeper. Don't be a creeper. (laughs) And if you ever want Maya to give you nightmare fuel, just tell her to make something anthropomorphized. With titties. (laughs) With titties. Specifically with titties. It's horrifying. With titties and a blow up tall mouth. And it worked because that's how, like, the door to the windmill looked. (laughs) I thought she looked pretty. Okay. She looks like her name is definitely going to be in line with the name that's in the story. I was like, she's got a rose in her hair. She's like, definitely, you know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Is it my turn? Yes. 
blah 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 end of chapter that's just about we woke up at 8 p.m a.m p.m since this was the big one the action that would bring rain to the world and save everybody's lives i felt the event should be shared with the parker household we brought the chessboard and related sheet of plywood down to the living room and invited the Parker family and Arthur to watch history in the making. Because Arthur is not a part of the family. He is just the butler. Except he's making decisions about, you know, matters of global yeah. <laughs> proportions. Yeah. I'm sorry, Arthur. You're no Alfred Pennyworth. No. No, you're no M16. No, XM16. How, how many fucking times are we going to explain how this works? It just gets more confusing every single time. Very confusing. The chessboard I used to control the North Pole water columns had 64 squares. The tag number on one edge of the board used up 8 squares, leaving 56 squares vacant. <sighs> Does it really matter? I mean, we have it explained that it somehow connects to the chessboard and real life longitude latitude, I think. I think. I think. And they just keep ruining all these chessboards. I put chess pieces on all 56 squares. Then I replaced the last digit of the tag number that matched the parameters on the plywood sheet. Teresa, we fucking know! Wouldn't it make more sense to use longitude and latitude? It sure would, Maya. Yeah, just, you wouldn't even need an extra plywood sheet. You but just... you see, she's just so smart that she came up with her own just to show how smart she is because she doesn't need anybody to tell her to use latitude and longitude. Actually, wouldn't it have made a lot more sense to kind of use kind of a mini map of the world? You could it even would have. Ap- Maya, Maya. You could even apply it to a chessboard and just kind of mark the lines on the board with Maya. latitude, longitude, and still use the pieces Maya. to kind of mark everything. No, she is beyond our plebeian level of thinking and understanding because she is Teresa. But this is just easier. I know it is. You're just not smart. I guess I'm not smart, says my bachelor's degree. (laughs) Sai is not smart either. My bachelor of science degree. (laughs) Sai is not smart either, says her bachelor of science degree and her working Masters of Business degree. (laughs) We watched the television screen showing the North Pole where the water columns would rise. A minute went by. Nothing happened. All those little kids worrying about Santa. I know. Poor Santa. He's out of a job. Steve and I looked at each other with puzzled expressions. Always another surprise we didn't want. A second minute passed and there was still nothing. Steve said, this is very annoying. Just give Hal some time, Jesus. It was a standard expression of his which he used when there was some outrage on the news. Some outrage on the news. The... Oh no. Oh no. Someone's... Something, something, Melvin sounds like the Central Park Karen. Uh, he was trying to put humor 
In a situation far worse than annoying, this was alarming. Yes, it is, because Steve is Melvin, annoying. Melvin, that's not even fucking humorous. You're just annoying. I hate yeah. everything about you. Melvin's the worst. <laughs> what should I do? I asked. Nothing. Wait a while. Don't know who said that, but somebody did. There was nothing wrong with the parameters I laid out on the plywood sheet. I used the same parameters the day before to raise the four experimental columns. The only change I made was to the maximum height of height the 56 columns would reach. That should have no negative effect. Except it might. <laughs> yeah. I think the narwhal army is an action led by Santa Claus. The Parkers looked embarrassed, but said nothing. Arthur kept a stiff upper lip. I was becoming depressed again. Hale drove me crazy. I did everything correctly, I claimed. In this world, perfection isn't good enough. A half hour had gone by with no water columns. Steve broke the horrible silence. We'll try again tomorrow, he said, and got up to remove the 56 chess pieces from the board. He looked at Edmund Parker and managed a little smile. Back to the drawing board. I asked one of those questions that would make the heart stop. Could Hale know what I'm doing? Steve's eyes opened wide. What I said was terrifying. At the moment, when I asked Hale to do something that would fix the problem I'd been working on all summer, the rain problem, Hale failed to perform. He'd never failed to perform anything before. God, why does this sound like some sort of stupid summer vacation thing and she's like a high schooler still dealing with... Well, she is 18 still. Yeah. Isn't she still in college, technically? No, wait. She made it through college. She flunked out her first semester. No, she got married after her first semester of college. Mm -hmm. No, after her first year of college. (sighs) Jesus. Just because of that one special night when yeah, her and Melvin. Yeah, not anybody who gets married. <laughs> no, it was after that one yeah, special that one night, night of her and Melvin acting like crackheads at two in the morning. And everybody was jealous. Not really, because no, no, no one likes one. Melvin. Nobody gives a shit, Teresa. No one likes Melvin or Teresa, and they're like, fine, they deserve each other. <laughs> We've been there before. <laughs> if this gets out, it will cause global panic. Edmund Parker understood. We will be silent. Said no one ever. Yeah, said no one ever. (laughs) The chess set and plywood sheet went back upstairs to my workroom where I double-checked all the parameters. There was nothing wrong with them. Something had been overlooked. That evening, Peter Blair called Mr. Parker to ask if there had been any developments in the Parker household. Why don't you just fucking ask Teresa? Because he has to talk to a man, because only men can talk to each other in this, I guess. Well, because... why not talk to Melvin? Because Melvin is Melvin. He's a <laughs> Melvin. <laughs> he said he couldn't speak on the phone. Blair asked if he could visit in the morning. Shortly after 10 the following morning, Peter Blair arrived in his limousine. His visit to the Parker Mansion had been noted on the news, and Steve and I were told he was coming. I sure hope so. Edmund Parker took Blair into his private first-floor den and explained what happened the previous day. The PM was very worried. If Hale was refusing to cooperate, there was no hope. All may be lost, he said to Parker. 
A few minutes before 11, we brought the chessboard and plywood back down to the living room. Why are you moving it? Maybe he doesn't just perform well with everybody watching him. Maybe he has performance anxiety. Yeah. I know I sure do. Oh, yeah. Steve thought that perhaps Hale would infiltrate something new only from the third floor workroom where I had done all my work with Hale. This possibility had to be ruled out, so we went back to the living room. There was no talking. The atmosphere was too oppressive. Steve signaled to Arthur to have a seat nearby. He thought it was it was rude to expect Arthur to leave. He'd been a loyal supporter. That's creepy. Oh, yeah. The television had, was turned on to the view of the North Pole constantly being provided by military planes. I put 56 chess pieces on the chess board, then traced the borders of the plywood with my hands. Then came the narwhals. Yep. They literally broke down the windows and the doors. They flew through the roof, <laughs> spearheading into the chessboard and nearly decapitating Teresa Honestly, in one false that would, sleep. that would just be the addition to this story that, that I never knew I needed. That would have been so much better. Also, it would have... Honestly, the story, I think, would be more interesting if Hal could actually communicate. It would. But he had more of the idealism of kind of, like, not necessarily a child, but kind of, like, he thinks he's so much better than all these earthlings or whatever. And he's just kind of, like, I'll do this on one condition. They had to take him to Euro Disney. Yes. And that's why they went to Paris. Wee! Wee! <laughs> having a great time. He's on the teacups. Teresa, look at me. I'm on the teacups. Wee! <laughs> oh my god. Wait, what do you mean I'm not big enough to go on this roller coaster? Teresa! Make them take me on the roller coaster! <laughs> I'm sorry, but that would make this book ten times better. <laughs> if that was a thing. It would be... It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. And then Hal, it's like, they're not sure. It's like, is he a child or is he, like, an adult? And then we just have Hal getting drunk as fuck. <laughs> just be like, you know, I almost I almost transported myself into your sister. And you know why? Because she's hot. Like, with, like, a capital H and a T. And she, she smells better than you, Teresa. <laughs> I miss your sister. Why don't we see her that much anymore? I miss her. Oh, Nate sent me a photo of a full derp. Oh, derpy Lily. <laughs> She's so funny. I'm sorry, but Hal being sentient and then acting like this very, not necessarily stitch, but it's like, Think about, like, all those shows that have, like, the secret alien that lives in the attic, but instead it's, like, attached to Teresa. That would make this ten times better. I mean, Tumblr has the whole bad bitch alien fight between Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch and Roger from American Dad, and we all know that it would be Pleakley. I mean, Pleakley has... Pleakley has her... their man and a family and all that good stuff. Yeah. And more people have been attracted to Pleakley, actually. Yeah. Without Pleakley having to really disguise themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Roger wishes. Roger does wish. Roger wishes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hale began raising 56 water columns at the North Pole. The observers in the plains were surprised enough to exclaim the rudest expletives. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> the rudest expletives. <laughs> Holy fucking Jesus fucking shit. No, shut fuck. The fucking water is rising. The fucking the fucking water is rising for fuck's sake. Seeing the fifty six columns in person was far more thrilling than seeing them on the television screen. But to be fair, military people swear like way more than everybody likes to be aware of. So it, think it, about how much you swear. Yeah, I know. Times that by like sixty. Oh, it's bad. And that's still not as much yeah. as you think. <laughs> uh, we all smiled with relief. Hale was cooperating. She's holding him at gunpoint in her mind. <laughs> I still wish... <laughs> I am still picturing a little tiny version of Hal just, like, going wild and being like, Wee! On the teacup ride. Just like, Wee! <laughs> And then throwing up. And Teresa has to, like, pat pat Hal on the back. And she's like, okay. <laughs> now will you help me? No! No! We gotta go on the roller coaster again! But we just went on a roller coaster. No, again! <laughs> and then finally, he's just like, okay, I'll do the thing. And he does it. We sat down as the columns continued to rise. We watched this exciting scene for a few minutes. Then Steve gave his theory. This requires a lot more force than Hal has ever used. He wasn't ready to do it yesterday. He had to go get more power. From what? (laughs) We have never discussed a power system, nor have we discussed, like, Hal needing energy? You'd think that if he's attached to Teresa, he'd absorb energy from her, meaning that she'd be the one that needed more energy. Also meaning that she'd be the one that would be weak. But no! From where, asked the PM? The sun. He does photosynthesis. Yep. Even though he doesn't have a physical being. Nope. I have suspected it for some time. Hale couldn't get it from Earth. There's nothing on Earth large enough to give Hale the momentum he needs. Momentum and energy aren't the same thing. Nope. Melvin! I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell, but... Melvin! Melvin is a dumbass. I'm not a PhD in physics, and I know that, Melvin. Yeah. He's not even a PhD in physics. No, he's not. He's fucking showing it. He flunked out. Could you imagine two people with their bachelors in film and video production know that momentum and energy aren't the same thing but Melvin doesn't and this is what he's supposed to be into yeah Jesus god fucking damn it Melvin Jesus Melvin you're so embarrassing such a fucking ass dip wipe (laughs) ass dip wipe yes it can't be the moon's momentum because Hale has been raising that small water column near Gloucester, Massachusetts. What does the moon have to do with it? The moon usually has connection towards the rising of the tide and, like, the water in the ocean. Yeah, but it doesn't have anything to do with energy. It doesn't. But the thing is, it this also kind of becomes... This is also where I want to yell where the light from the moon comes from the sun. Yeah. I am aware of that. Yeah, we're all aware from this. 
So meaning that Hal could get his energy from the moon. That should use enough power to change the moon's orbit a tiny amount. No! Are you, are you trying to tell me that the water column would be enough to change the moon's orbit? That's not good. That's just going to ruin the oceans. Meaning you're going to have an army of sharks and megalodons and sperm whales oh after God. you now, Teresa. She's ruining the ocean. Astronomers haven't noticed that. It can't be other planets because the planets are on the wrong side of the sun half the time. Mm, no, that's not how that works. The it, sun is the sun. It can only be the sun. You have giant hurricanes racing around there all the time. They're big enough to blow away the earth in a minute. Plenty of power for hell. Melvin. The sun is the sun. Melvin. The sun Melvin. is the sun. It is a fucking star. It doesn't have a backside to it. The backside of the sun. The sun's got cake. <laughs> Wouldn't the cake of the sun be even more extreme then? Cursed. Does, Cursed. This, does this mean that the cake of the sun is facing us? Does this mean that we should be drawing ass cheeks on the sun versus the cool little sunglasses? Damn! The dark side of the moon isn't the dark side of the moon. No, it's not! It's the booty. It got cake. She got cake. Or, <laughs> wait, is the moon? Uh, there's so many differences. Like, there's some that are like, is the moon female or male? Is the male? Well, I just said the moon's got cake. I died. I know. Labeled the moon as non-binary. <laughs> I know, but the moon got cake. <laughs> moon's thick, with like three C's. <laughs> Their money don't dribble, dribble. <laughs> it folds. <laughs> this is most remarkable if you think about you can see it can't work any other way a lot of stars have no planets that's not true that's not how that works Melvin. That's, that's not how stars work Melvin. stars are just an explosion of gases in the universe and they don't orbit like stars don't orbit around anything nor do we like anything orbit around stars because they're literally an explosion how it works is that we have the planet and then we have like and usually like the moons around planets are like asteroids either that broke off from the planet or have gotten into the planet's orbit yep and the rings are usually, again, debris that have come into the planet's orbit or are broken off from the planet itself. The only reason that, like, a, the the sun has an orbit is because it's not in its cycle of dying yet. So therefore, it's large enough to hold an orbit. Yeah, it's not dying yet. It's still alive. My god, Melvin. And the sun is thick. Tails that wandered into a system like that would be trapped there forever unless they could use the star's power to send themselves back out into space. They couldn't spread through the universe and get to Earth. Which means that would take many light years for them to even get the energy, like, to get 
okay, they can't absorb the energy from the stars because the stars are millions of light years away. That's what, that's, that's how far they are from planets. Yeah. Star, like the sun is a star. Yeah. And depending on which planet you're talking about, like. It depends on the relation of the planet. I mean, if you're on. In proximity to the star. If you're on Mars, is it Mars? Is Mars the first planet in the lineup? No, it's Mercury. Mercury. Okay. Mercury, you're going to have a lot of energy. Venus, nothing can really live on Venus because of all of the gaseous stuff. Yeah, it's really, you know, the the shards of uh, glass acid rain for me. Yeah, but Hal's could probably live on there because they don't really, but then again, we don't really know if there's anything. We don't really know what lives there or what could live there. I'm going to assume some sort of Lovecraftian beast. <laughs> right? Anything I can't see below the surface, Lovecraftian beast. Hail must have infinite power. You bet the sun converts five million tons of matter to energy every second. That's like burning a million Saudi Arabian oil reserves every few minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> Where is this conversion coming from? I I, out of his asshole. That's <laughs> no, where it's coming right. from. But I needed to unwind. I'm going for a walk in the woods. I'll join you, said Steve. Into the woods. Into the woods. So, Hale must have infinite power, but couldn't do it yesterday because he didn't have power. That makes sense. Okay. He has infinite power, but he didn't have enough power. Okay. Okay, Teresa. The North Pole water columns reached a height of a thousand miles at four o'clock. People thought I'd let them pour off at that point. Nope, they continued going higher. At nine o'clock, they reached 2,000 miles and kept rising. Okay. Are they just going to reach into the atmosphere and break off into the atmosphere or something? Steve and I went to bed at 11. Mr. Parker called Blair to note this back. And Blair leaked out that nothing would happen tonight. Everybody could go to bed. No one's going to go to bed. No. At 7 the next morning, the water columns reached 4,000 miles and kept rising up. The media was going nuts, wondering how long this would go on. Noon was coming near. We sat in the living room with the entire Parker family waiting for the columns to reach 5,000 miles. Why specifically 5,000 miles? Um, God, how... It takes 24 hours for it to reach 5,000 miles. <laughs> I'm trying to... Woo! Almost dropped my phone there. Uh, I need the... If it takes 24 hours for it to reach 5,000 miles, what's, like, the measurement and increments going on here? It feels like it should have reached 5,000 earlier from what it sounded like and what it's going. I have no idea what's going on, and I don't know what type of math. Norman here is trying to pull out of his asshole. Clearly, he's pulling um, Saudi Arabian oil reserves out of his asshole. I need to make sure I know where stuff in the water function happens. I'd also like to know where the Earth's atmosphere, like, starts to break off into space. I know Uh, it takes a while to get there. The first one is the troposphere and then the stratosphere, which is where... Thank you. Yes. 
if it reaches the like Earth's atmosphere, wouldn't it like wouldn't that create more of a vapor than a mm-hmm. rainfall or something like vapor or steam? Because like it's yeah. hot tech, it's like it's cold, but it's okay. It's cold, but with the water going at this like frequency and this like speed, wouldn't the water technically be hot? The troposphere is the lowest layer of our atmosphere. Starting at ground level, it extends upward about 10 kilometers, 6.2 miles, or about 33,000 feet above sea level. We humans live in the troposphere, and nearly all weather occurs in this lowest layer. Most clouds appear here mainly because 99% of the water vapor in the atmosphere is found in the troposphere. Air pressure drops and temperatures get colder as you climb higher in the troposphere. So shouldn't there already be something occurring in the, like... There should be. Shouldn't there already be something happening? It should be freezing. All over the world? The water should be freezing. The water itself should be freezing. Because, as we know, clouds and... And it's also at the North Pole and the water's going to be colder up there. Clouds and weather occur from water vapor, not... Just shooting water, water into in the, the air. Yeah, the atmosphere itself. But wouldn't, like, the water, like, this cold water mixing in with the atmosphere do something? Especially if, I mean, it's going to be colder up there for sure. But also, like, if they're doing this, okay, when they were doing this in, like, Hawaii, it would have reached up there. Wouldn't that have caused something akin to, like, a hurricane, maybe? Uh, Even if there weren't wind? No wind. True. But that would have caused something. It's almost like we need somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. We need a meteorologist. <laughs> Too bad we don't know a meteorologist. Yeah. Noon was coming near. We sat in the living room with the entire Parker family waiting for the columns to reach 5,000 miles. Steve mentioned that would be the maximum height. Mr. Parker asked if he could call... P.M. Blair and tell him. Sure, why not? Steve said. Sure, why not? They should have been like, Let, we should call him already. And, or they should have told him that yesterday when he was visiting. Or they should have already told him everything. No. The water, uh, within minutes, the news was on the air. The water columns were actually ice columns. Look at that. A hundred mm. miles above the earth, there was only a trace of air molecules. The temperature was... Actually, there was no temperature because there was no matter to hold heat. That's not how it works! No. Infrared radiation poured out of the columns. The water quickly froze solid. Infrared radiation came out of frozen water. That's not how that works. Maybe, you guys, hear me out here. The water froze because the North Pole is at freezing temperature for water. But we also have to incorporate global warming. That too, but we because the ice caps are melting. I know, but we also discussed that inhospitable climates would become more inhospitable. That's true too, and they should already be that they're most inhospitable to the point of where no one should be able to get up there in the first place. No one should be able to get up there in the first place, but it would make hot stuff hotter and cold stuff colder. So that means Hawaii would be blistering. Yes. 
Also, which means that from the first iteration of when she started raising the water columns, the atmosphere is in is becoming inhospitable. But as you go up into the layers of the Earth's atmosphere, it gets colder. So is that going to affect it? You know, to the point of if temperatures become inhospitable on the planet, will that affect? This also means that England should be hotter than, like, the, like I don't know, Prince Harry's ball sack. <laughs> because, like, well, no no one would be having that picnic either because it would be too unbearable That's to go out. That's what I was trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm sorry. My brain is, like, all over the place. But, no, like, the picnic wouldn't be held because everyone would be like, no, we'll stay inside where it's... I'm still wondering how everybody has food after a whole summer. That, too, having, like, that whole picnic seems kind of wasteful. Yeah. Because what they should be trying to do is, like, either can everything or make preservatives out of everything. And, like, especially when they were talking about how, like, food, like, rationing would have to be a thing. And then they were just, like, wasting all that food on a picnic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that picnic was a bad idea. It was a terrible idea. Teresa, you suck. Noon arrived. According to the banner at the bottom of the television screen, the height was 5,000 miles. This could not be measured exactly. Then why is it 5,000 miles? Because fuck you, that's why. In addition, the manner in which I had to pass parameters to hail was not precise. So that even I didn't know the true height, the television banner soon read 5,012 miles. The ice in the columns was as hard as rock, and beyond the point at which hail stopped providing support, the columns might stand up on their own for up to a mile. Finally, telescopes provided a faint image of the top of the column complex spreading apart. The ice columns could stand up no more on their own and were breaking apart. Approximately 24 minutes for the water to reach the Earth, noted one of the media's scientific consultants. Oh. Oh, no. Hmm? Anything falling from 5,000. Oh. Oh. 5,000 miles, not 5,000 feet. 5,000 miles. Oh, no. (laughs) It's like the meteor that killed the dinosaurs. Also, sorry, I, I blanked out for a minute. I was thinking about... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was, no, um, I was thinking about... Okay, you know that... Okay, one of the things from King of the Hill that always makes me laugh still is um, the Nancy yelling to Dale, she'll get out of the, ba- out of the hot tub. We're going to go steal a news van. <laughs> it's the perfect crime. How else are they going to report it? Amazing. <laughs> Also, pocket sand. Pocket sand! Sha sha sha! No sha sha sha, Shug! How fast will the water be falling when it reaches Earth? It's not water anymore, it's ice, homies. He was asked, seven and a half miles a second. That feels like way too small of a number. I feel like we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Doesn't that exceed the Earth's escape velocity? What? Hmm? Escape velocity and falling velocity work different. Meteors come in at 20 miles a second. 
I don't know what escape velocity is. I don't know a lot about this stuff. Me neither. But something feels off. I feel like he did a basic Wikipedia search, like what we're gonna do now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. It's just some celestial mechanics for everybody. Okay. In celestial mechanics, escape velocity or escape speed is the minimum speed needed for a free, non-propelled object to escape from the gravitational influence of a primary body. I figured that's what it meant. I mean, escape. It escapes from the body. Mm-hmm. But it's unpropelled. True. Meaning that's, you know, quite a bit of force. Yeah. We're all gonna die. And then just falling velocity is the rate at which it falls. Yeah. I'm gonna see how falling velocity is calculated. Yeah. Um. Still, still sounds like we're all gonna die. To find out something's speed or velocity after a certain amount of time, you just multiply the acceleration of gravity... By the amount of time since it was let go. So you get velocity negative 9.81 meters per second squared time or V. So to put it in we don't know. Okay, we don't know if the rate of which it falls. Would the Earth have an escape velocity then? It does, we just, you know. Don't know it? it there is a calculation, okay. but um, because that's not what we're looking for right now, I'm not going to calculate it. With... We're looking for falling velocity. Yeah. The thing is, there's just so many things that are going into this. I still feel like anything going, like, something, something miles a second is still on the danger scale. Well, I mean, gravity itself is 9.8 meters per second squared. True. But, you know how it's, okay, this is me thinking about how, like, you know how, like, when you fall into water, it's like falling on concrete if you're falling at a certain height? Yes. I feel like water would definitely, like... In the same regard, like, water going at a certain speed is, like, basically, like, a razor in itself. That's why, in some cases, they use water, like, water propelled at a high enough trajectory to cut certain things. Yes. So, I feel like with this, I mean, it could, there could be enough time for either A, for, no, it's just the, the more it falls, the more velocity it's going to get and the harder it's going to feel. Okay, so for something to fall from 5,012 miles is 8,066,032.13 meters. That's quite large. It is. Um, Sai is doing calculations. She's doing calculus right they now. Might, they might not be accurate. Because I'm not, this is not what I am in real life. That and there's, honestly, it feels like diddly squat in the book. Well, I don't know, like, what's the... Wait, it takes 24 minutes for the water to reach the earth. Yeah, this... And it says it's falling at 
what? It takes 24 minutes for the water to reach the Earth. It's falling at seven and a half miles a second. No, it's going to hit at... Oh. How fast will the water be oh. falling when it reaches seven and a half miles a second? Yes. But that feels way too low for me, considering yeah. it's falling eight million meters. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like it's going to create, like, craters. Or it's going to feel like a consistent, it's going to feel like bullets dropping on a tin roof. So we can do this. Got eight million. Just, just don't mind me. Just. I'm just doing Monty Python. Uh, the issue is, is I don't know what the mass is. Um, it doesn't say the mass. What is um, the mass of like rain droplets in itself? Because let's compare it to that. Because they don't tell us how large the drops can you, are. Are you able to do that? I don't think I can. Well, let's try it. I think I can. What's the mass of rain? Yeah. You've done it before. I'm scared to do it sometimes. Sorry. The mass of a raindrop is 0. 0.034 grams. Okay. Well... That's going to be quite sad. <laughs> so the speed at impact is going to be 12,573.55 meters per second. And what did you say gravity was again? 9.8 meters per second squared. This is what this did the calculation for me. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not going to be good. We're all going to die. So if I'd like to, or uh, that's meters per second, or 45,264.79 kilometers per hour, and our time until impact will be 1,283.02 seconds. Okay, this is why you don't put the actual science into the book. You just leave the science fiction as science fiction. Don't try to rationalize the science behind it. Because then we're going to get into things like this, and it's not going to feel like my suspension of disbelief has been lifted because you're already introducing aliens into this universe. Don't try to introduce this type of actual science into it to try and justify it. Because it's not going to make sense. The, the only thing that would change this... Is the air friction. But because this is already accounting for gravity, um, it, you know, the only thing that would change the air friction would be the weather, which we don't have any of that. I guess, would also one other thing change it would be, like, the surface area of, well, I mean, like, the size of the raindrop itself. Yep. Because the larger it is, the... And we, and we only estimated the mass. We estimated that it's, like, it would be the size of a raindrop. And that's how big it is. So basically the smaller it is, the harder it's going to fall. If it's larger, it's not going to be as bad. Yeah. But it's still not good. No. This is not good. This has been terrible physics calculations with Saya. And Maya. Uh, we're all going to die. Physics is my worst subject. I never took physics. You had to. Maybe I did. I don't remember. Yes. Part of our gen eds. 
<laughs> I don't remember it that much. I think <laughs> I fit. So I think I barely it. passed it. <laughs> not gonna lie. And the most of the reason why I didn't really pass pass it was because I didn't participate as much as I should have because it was an online class. Honestly, fuck online. I feel like we know enough about it to like you know at least make it believable in a movie. Yeah, but then we don't explain it because never explain it. No, never explain the physics or else the physics nerds are gonna get on our asses like this. <laughs> and we're not physics nerds. No, we're not even nerds. We're just people who know how formulas work. <laughs> Saya, we are nerds though. Oh fuck! I mean, look at your fucking room for fuck's sake. There's Sebastian Stan. There's Sebastian Stan. There's Sebastian Stan. You get Sebastian Stan. There's another. You there's two Sebastian. more Sebastian Stans. No, they're just all watching. And me. then John Bernthal's right behind you. Oof. And then you have like two Brendan Uries. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then you have your little ghost shrine over there. Yep. So yeah. I've also got pictures from the trilogy over there yep along with pictures of me and my mom my friends from school all i can say the pictures are actually pretty good for being just taken on my phone (laughs) they're hilarious they're hilarious elliot loves that i keep those (laughs) they're hysterical they're actually in most of them are on the stairs yeah they are a lot of people don't know how my house is laid out but (laughs) Our upstairs, when you come up the stairs, there's a bunch of picture frames hanging there. <laughs> All these fake photos from the movie. So, like, whenever I've dated somebody new or somebody new has come over to my house, they're like, oh, I didn't know you were engaged. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, uh, a oh, fucking trilogy. Fake engaged <laughs> in the trilogy. Because, <laughs> no, we have, like, I, because we took... For the trilogy, we took, like, fake engagement photos at, like, a park near my house. And I just, like, and I just kept thinking, like, do the most, like, stereotypical, we just got engaged photos, including, like, the hands and all that. And then I went in and edited it to make it look so fucking cheesy. And I'm like, I'm so proud of this work. (laughs) I'm so proud of it. Yeah, when Merck and I moved into our Roseville place together, they put... Um, one of our pictures on the on the power box because you guys were a power, power couple. couple. I was like, God damn it, God <laughs> damn it! It's the best pun. It is. Okay. I'm big mad about it. Okay, no, I'm not big. Mad. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> uh, meteors come in at twenty miles a second. That should be an interesting spectacle. Very much so. No missile travels anywhere near that fast. Yes, they do. They have to have an impact. I mean, God what? Damn it! What a missile just like tink, against the side of a building and explodes. Like if there's different types of things here, a missile is propelled. Yep. Usually. Yeah. I mean, some missiles like they don't even go off upon impact. Well, some bombs and stuff don't go off on impact. It's Okay, this is just weird facts that I know because of... (laughs) Okay, so there's this one anime movie called In This Corner of the World. It takes place in Japan during World War II. And it takes place in a small village where they do have to deal with, like, air raids and all that. So they do, like, the whole underground bunker thing. They do have, like, the whole 
meetings of like what to do in certain situations and there's this instance of where the main character and her little niece they're going for a walk after one of these things because they've been stuck in an air raid shelter Mm -hmm. for a while and she like the niece comes upon this bomb and this particular one is one that kind of like it's burrowed under the ground and it doesn't really activate unless like someone gets close enough like it can explode randomly yeah they all can and the main (laughs) character doesn't realize this until like kind of the last second and she pulls her niece away and the niece unfortunately passes and the main character ends up losing her right hand and a big thing about the movie is like this character she paints and her right hand is her dominant hand yeah so she also loses her painting hand it's a very interesting story but it's like that's just kind of an example of a bomb where it's like it just i i think it was like either a um, because the niece got into close proximity of it, or B, it was, it just went off. But that's just kind of, like, it was burrowed in the ground, basically, too. It had to have an impact somehow. The military planes had telescopes that could barely capture the widening of the column complex falling down. This was the shower of fractured ice falling parallel to the columns as the ice fell it was impossible to estimate its height more and more accurately just know that it's not going to be good everybody no it's not going to be good how is it like gonna get around the world because i'm 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 like i get it's supposed to be like it's only going to be a radius it's only going to be a certain radius at the top so it's only gonna get into places like kind of around the top so i'm just thinking like the scandinavian countries uh russia um greenland greenland canada Canada, maybe iceland norway yeah i said the scandinavian scandinavians probably like the i don't know like latvia lithuania Mm -hmm. those areas um, if they're as tall as they are, then yeah, that radius just gets bigger. Yeah. I don't know how It's not going far. to go straight down. No, it's going to be like, it's going to explode at the top and then... Whew. Yep. Don't know how that's working, but it's doing something. <laughs> this makes no sense, but okay. Only minutes remained until the re-entry of the ice into the atmosphere, except it never left the atmosphere because we have four layers of fucking atmosphere. Yeah. It didn't even leave the troposphere, homie. You didn't even get to the stratosphere. No. I felt a tingle in my spine. Time was up. A voice from one of the English planes patrolling the North Pole gave the height of the falling ice. 60 miles, 55 miles, 50 miles, 45 miles, 40 miles. A blinding flash whitened the television screen. There was only a whiteout to look at. It was a titanic explosion. Steve quipped, it's not every day you see white hot water. All I can think about is, um, uh, Penny Whistle Solo. (laughs) Now, whenever I hear Titanic, so... I elbowed him in the ribs. After 14 seconds, the white flash faded away to reveal a 16-mile-wide yellow ball. This ball expanded rapidly and gradually 
turn an intense crimson red. What? Is this a mushroom cloud? It's sounding like it. Someone on a plane in the area said, This is insane. It's a hit. It's a hydrogen bomb exploding every second. What? Oh, good lord. No! 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 Mr. Parker asked, Is this true, Steve? It's about right. I calculated 8 million tons of TNT every second. So he knew. And they didn't tell anyone? No. Oh, God, those poor animals. Dude, just... Do Steve and Teresa just hate animals or something? Steve and Teresa don't give a shit about anyone. I don't think they give a shit about anything that's actually alive. Good lord. Adding to the eeriness of this event was the silence. The fireball was far from the planes, and the delay of the sound's arrival was startling. The planes were what was thought a safe 80 miles away. No! You Not get to a hydrogen bomb. You get out of the radius, dude. Because it's literally, okay, what's going to kill you in the events of something like a hydrogen bomb or an atomic bomb, it's not going to be the exact core of the bomb that kills you. It's the, it's the, it's the, <laughs> it's the fallout. It's literally the fallout that's going to kill you. Because it's going to be all that debris and all that other shit that's going to like either cover you suffocate you or like stuff's gonna get knocked into you now if you're at the very center of it it probably will kill you there's like a certain zone well the the radius of the force of the impact is what mostly kills and decimates everything i know but what i'm thinking about is like at the very center of it that's where people have like you know where the shadows come in and people have just been obliterated that's that's one way the other way is all the fallout, but there's, like, that little special area in between the core and then the fallout where it's, like, you're not gonna necessarily get affected. You're still not gonna make it out easy, but you're not going yeah. to, like, like, you're not gonna get obliterated. Yes. Basically. So, with what I know of a hydrogen bomb or an atom bomb, that coming wave that's what's gonna kill you that is what's gonna kill you it's enough to knock anything out of the sky yeah it'll send an egg through a fucking brick wall yeah it's like a tornado i know also okay fun fact um if you play the fallout games whenever the fallout guy is doing like the thumbs up thing that is how they determined like how far you are like if the like mushroom cloud fits on like if your thumb fits on the mushroom cloud you're at a safe enough distance away from it i think that's how it goes i think that's what the tip was on that that's that's one of the ways i'd have to double check it so we're gonna really have to say that 80 miles is not a safe distance from an atom bomb sorry i mean let me just uh well it depends on the strength of it what was the um Fallout radius of the bombs in Japan. Blast total totally destroyed within everything within a one mile radius from the center of the explosion. Oh my god, okay, I have this answer and it's not good. Oh god, what is it? So the Hiroshima bomb is about fifteen kilotons. That's fifteen thousand tons of TNT. Okay. Steve said eight million. Ah! Every second. Ah! This was fifteen thousand watts. Oh god. 
So 8 million tons of TNT. Per second. And just how much... And that's how much destruction was. it was done for, like, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And that was a lot of damage that destroyed the entire... Like, it was a one-mile radius from the initial blast, but in, it's the fallout that does it. I know it's just rock that's going to meet them at the center of it, but think about it, like, this way. They have that whole stone... That weird stone sacrificial pillar thingy-mabob they have at the North Pole... You got, it's going to affect everything from a one mile radius. And it, that, well, it's going to be more than one mile at this point if it's like eight million. So off screen, we did some calculations and we actually found like a 3D nuke map to kind of determine, like, I know it's not the exact of it all, but... It's um, just not going to be good. Let's put it that way. Let's just say like where it's at, it's definitely... So far, it won't harm people if they're not in the radius. But definitely, if people are in the radius of it, like, 80 miles isn't gonna... But we were we were only accounting for one 800,000. Oh my god, there's like six of these in there. Oh, no, I forgot. it's... How many of these 8 are Eight million tons of TNT every second. That's 800,000 kilotons of TNT every, every second. Every second. So if it were to go off in a well-populated city, that would be happening every second. Yeah. So what we did was we went on the nuke map, we calculated everything, we turned the tons into kilotons, and we put it in. We did the variations of, like, what it is. This is a not a surface one. And we compared it to other things, like the, like, the bombing of, like, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, in Hiroshima, the death was, like, 140,000, yeah? Yeah. 140,000 people were killed. Um, this would have easily doubled that. Just one. Just one. Not one per second. Just one. It was, like, 4,000 something or other with the casualties, like, in, like, 5,000. And then for, uh, Nagasaki, it was, like, 74,000. Again, the casualties were, like, a 200,000 with the casualties, once again, like, up in the 300,000. And the radius of the blast basically covered, like, up to other, like, places versus just the yeah. compound area of where the initial city was. Yes, but that's um, because on uh, Hiroshima was only 15 thousand kilotons this is eight million eight hundred thousand eight hundred kiloton eight hundred thousand kilotons versus fifteen yeah but it's basically if this were to and we also compared this into other places where if it were to happen like in other pot like we actually one of the last things we did this is still up on the computer screen we did this if it were to happen in london um, the debt, like, the casualties are 9,290. No, that's 929,000. yeah, what she said. And then the the casualties are, like, over 2 million. It's almost 2.3 million. It's a lot. And it's, like, it's in that. And, and if again, it, we're only accounting for one, not one per, per second. second. So if it was, like, one per second, this would be happening, and this would 
covered. I don't even think England would be a place anymore. <laughs> if it were happening one per second. <laughs> I don't even think anything in that general area is gonna be a place anymore. Pretty much, but we did it in, like, other places as well, and it was just like, this is pretty big. Because we did this in kind of our neck of the woods where we had it happen in Minneapolis. And I'm about 20 minutes from you. Yeah. And... Where I live. Yeah. This reaches out to her, and it also reaches out to where her significant other lives. And I'm a 35-minute drive from him. Yeah. So that's kind of how big it is. And again, it wasn't as big as, like, how it would be in, like, London, but it was still, like, pretty big. London is more populous, obviously. Yeah, it has a thicker, like, population. But it's kind of... I don't think people within an 80-mile radius of this would be making it out alive, especially if they're just in the air. So all those people are dead. There shouldn't be, like, any sort of... There shouldn't be people flying around in helicopters, guys. Everyone is dead. I'm going to... Everyone is dead! What is my... Everyone is dead, Saya! So, Nate is 25 miles from me everyone is dead so yeah if that happens within a 25 that happens 25 miles like yeah no they're not they're not this isn't gonna be good it's not gonna be good because we forgot one conversion factor maya what did we forget speed fuck don't worry we're gonna figure it out right now well they didn't ask for the speed in this well don't worry They said... Two minutes after the explosion began, an airplane crewman said Doppler radar indicates blast wave coming in at Mach 3. I hope we make it. No, I I just calculated Mach 3. How much is Mach 3? 2,301.807 miles per hour. Oh, dear Lord. Everyone's dead. The blast wave reached the plane. It was a very low, loud, low rumbling. The voice in the plane could barely be heard shouting something. Television viewers couldn't make him out. People began realizing this was not a momentary explosion, but a continuous one, which would last as long as the ice kept falling. Teresa. You just killed people. This is 56 water columns of each per drop is 8 million tons of TNT. Wait. So, we forgot to account that this, these are 56 of these. 56 of these. Yes. 56 with yes. one. Oh my god. So this is like... <sighs> so this is like this radius just... 56, but we don't know how close they are to each other. I think they're at least in relatively close proximity to one another. Because that's what I was talking about with the radius. Yeah. Because you have a circular-shaped spout. Yes. It's going to, you know, do that. Yeah. But if they're all in, like, eight... (laughs) A line or close to each other, you're going to increase that radius but you're also going to increase the potency of it yeah so (laughs) it's like we have 56 of these going off one per second and if each 
relative blast is going at the speed of Mach 3. All of these people are dead. There's going to be nothing left. No one is alive. The North Pole is not a place anymore. Santa and his reindeer are dead. The narwhals? Dead. Polar bears? Dead. Penguins? Dead. You heard that right. Teresa doesn't give a shit about animals. She cares about the chipmunks, though. She had to care about the stupid fucking chipmunks that are aggressive as fuck. It was an astonishing concept, a continuous explosion. No, no it's terrifying. The initial noise was the front wall of the blast wave. After that passed, we could hear the plane's pilot. It's almost been it almost finished us. The plane dropped 20,000 feet. I don't think that's good. No, because you'd be on the fucking ground. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they said that the water spouts were too tall. They wouldn't even be able to get to, like, near the top of them because they would be getting too far up into the atmosphere. Stratosphere. Any sphere. The troposphere is usually where planes hang out. So Yeah. And that stops at 33,000 feet. So, yeah. They... So, if they're 5,000 feet in the air, not being able... Spouts are 5,012 whatever feet into the air. And the telescopes aren't able... To see the top of them. 5,000 miles. Sorry, thank you. 5,000 miles. Oh, yeah, then we're way outside the troposphere. They're way outside the troposphere, Saya. Oh, God. They could almost be seen from space. Space station can probably see them. Clearly. Do you know what that's going to do? Make that blast radius worse. Yeah. Because it's outside of the fucking stratosphere, Saya. It's another, like, world-ending event. Homie, how did the planes not get... Fucking annihilated by the... By the fucking rain? The ice. By the ice rain? I don't know. Dumb luck. <laughs> Stop putting real-world real logic into this. Because this is gonna get two girl, two white girls on the internet talking about it. <laughs> Two white girls on the internet that have no idea what they're talking about half the time when it comes to science or calculus or physics or anything. And somehow we just, somehow we figure it out. Because somehow you know we what? Just physics better than this whole fucking book. Somehow we figure it out. Because you know what? I like proving dumbasses wrong. But there's like, like, there's like a certain amount of knowledge that is like, you know, if something falls from too high of a height, it's definitely not going to be good. And the higher you drop something, I mean, it's the worse it's going to get. The easiest analogy I can think of is dropping an egg. If you drop the egg from up here onto there, it's probably not going to, you know, it might actually crack. But it's like, it's not like it, there's a possibility that it's not even going to crack open because of the carpeting of the floor. But if you drop it from the ceiling to down there, it's going to crack open. Yeah. But if you dropped the egg, like, from all the way up here, it's going to have a really big radius of splat. Yep. Versus if you just drop it, like, close to the ground, it might not crack at all, or it might ooze out. Kind of like how it's going to get morbid. Why people's skulls break when they fall. Yeah. Because your skull is strong, but it's not as your, strong as the pavement. The radius of the stuff is going to expand the farther you've fallen. Yep. 
even though there are some of those instances where it's like somehow your body just doesn't completely burst open like um i remember that that one picture was like the beautiful quote oh, the unquote, woman yeah the woman who um completed who died the by most suicide beautiful suicide yeah, yeah she jumped and fell on top of a car and like her skull didn't explode open like nothing on her body like seemingly broke and she was just it just looked like she fell asleep and also crashed on top of a car it's a really weird picture and it I, is. I feel it's unnerving it's unnerving and i think a little inappropriate of just taking a picture of someone after like they Died by suicide. Uh, but to be fair, this was, you know, during a time. Yeah, where people did that shit. Yeah. But it's still like... <sighs> I mean, people still do that shit. But... They do, but it's like, guys, I feel like it's bad luck. I say a lot... I feel it's like... curse. I say a lot of things where it's like, I feel like it's bad luck. It feels like bad luck. <laughs> but no, it's like, if... I mean, it's like the same if you drop a watermelon from, like, the height of your bed to the floor. It's not going to crack open. Drop a watermelon from up here down to the ground. It's going to crack open. Yeah. Why do I want to drop a watermelon now? (laughs) I mean, it it could be fun. Even physics. It sounds like it could be fun. (laughs) Dropping watermelons. The red blasting ball had increased to 30 miles in diameter, at which point the matter cooled down to invisible infrared. You don't see vapors on infrared. How is there infra- How is there infrared anything, and how is there a red ball? How is there a yellow ball? How is there anything? That's why I said, is this an atomic bomb? That's why it sounds like an atomic bomb. Did she somehow make radiation? I mean, is there, like, kind of... Isn't there, like, some radiation in the stratosphere slash space? hmm I mean, that's why, like, when astronauts come back down from Earth, some of them have, like, issues with, like, their bones and everything. Yeah. Not just, like, being in the zero-G for so long, but, like, also attributes to the radiation, and that's why, like, spacesuits are, like, super duperly what they are. I'd like to know. Yeah. It's red, orange, yellow. Okay, so it is a nuclear bomb. I have to change the... Well... Wait, I already kept the nuclear fallout on you there, did. so... It's ac- that number is accurate still. I didn't take the nuclear bomb off, but it's still accurate that it affected that much. Okay. The, oh, God. So what am, what am I looking for here? An atom bomb, baby, baby. Atom bomb. Something, 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 something. Atom bomb. Cue the fallout music. Something, something, dark side, something, something. I'm sorry, I'm weird. I don't hold on, want hold on, to hold on, hold on, hold on. On. We know it's black and we know the picture is black and white. I just want to start a flame in your heart. A of smoke produced by the explosion rising thousands of meters into the air swirling in a strange lovely stra- strange lovely colors like a rainbow it gives orange colored sky a whole new meaning oh it sure fucking does I'm just giving out songs from the fallout soundtrack <laughs> I spoke with two different people who witnessed the mushroom cloud that day this is referring to the atomic bombs during world war ii a lot of people suffer from leukemia after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this man was a teacher in Etajima, about 13 kilometers south of the hypocenter. After the blast, he saw the cloud from a window of his school. It was a pale color with shades of violet, red, blue, and green. Those colors appeared in different parts of the cloud. Uh, Hiroyuki Miyakawa, 78, saw the cloud as he was fleeing from his home located 2.3 kilometers from the hypocenter. The expansion of the fireball produces a drop in pressure and temperature of the surrounding air, turning vapor into water droplets and the fireball into fleecy white clouds. Because this lower atmospheric pressure, because of this lower atmospheric pressure, the air and vapor around the fireball flow into it and grow. So Teresa is setting off atomic bomb like 56 atomic bombs per second up at the north pole sure that's what i'm that's what it's sounding like <laughs> we're figuring this out okay so that means anything related to this is going to be radioactive but she's going to fix it soon a new phenomenon began White steam coalesced seemingly from nothing, some miles from and around the bottom third of the red ball. No way, we got this all wrong. It's not an atomic bomb. It's the Titans! Oh no. It's the fucking attack titan, the fucking colossal titan. God fucking damn it, it's all the steam. Or no, it's the rumbling, it's for sure the rumbling. I'm pretty sure it's the rumbling at this point because of all the fucking steam. They're just coming, they're swimming through the ocean like a fucking... Fuck! These steam clouds fell at a steep angle to form what looked like a giant umbrella. It's a mushroom cloud! Yep. Teresa! Teresa caused a bunch of fucking nuclear explosions. Or it's titans. I'm gonna have to show you the scene. I'm gonna have to show you something after this. Then, as the steam reached lower altitudes, it diverted more horizontally to spread out over the ocean. This cloud blanket was very thick, and meteorologists predicted it would spread out for hundreds of miles. Atomic Teresa- bomb or titans? Teresa- Which is worse? <laughs> Both. The spectacle had reached a steady state. There was nothing new to see. The media talking heads turned to general discussion. How would this give the world rain? Wouldn't it just cause useless rain at the North Pole? It was agreed. That's all it would do. Has Teresa failed? Asked the commentators. Nope. Steve and I had one more surprise for them. Two hours after the North Pole explosion began, people all over the United States and Europe noticed a rainbow forming in the sky. It didn't matter how little cloud cover there was or even if there was a clear blue sky. The rainbow is visible everywhere in the United States. Specifically the United States, because everything is gay. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> the, the LGBTQ stole rainbows, I guess. How could this be happening? It was Steve's idea. He was a physics major and realized when the water hit the atmosphere, it would heat up to thousands of degrees. Hydrogen atoms would be stripped of their electrons and scattered in all directions at thousands of miles an hour. They would be spread out over... Most, most 
of the earth, and when they came back down, they'd combine with oxygen to make water. That sounds like chemistry, not physics, homie! It's a little bit of both. Yeah. The rainbow came from tiny ice crystals high up in the atmosphere. The first tiny rain droplets were seen on windshields five hours after the North Pole columns first started exploding. So wait, Steve planned the rainbow? Yes. Steve, do you have something to tell us? It's okay. I mean, Pride Month is over, but still, you can tell us. It was a very slow and light rain. Very tiny drops were falling like a mist. Then it's a mist. It's mist. But the important point was that it would be continuous, lasting as long as the water columns went up and down. Wait, the rain's just gonna keep doing the thing? Yeah. It's just gonna keep raining? But we still have no wind. No. So how is that gonna get anywhere? She doesn't care about the birds. No. So fuck that. The weather service said the rain would amount to a quarter inch a day, which was nearly a hundred inches a year. That was enough to grow any kind of crop. Not true. Is that gonna... That would drown some of the crops. Yeah. Because there is such a thing as overwatering. Different things grow. At, in, in different diff- in environments with different needs for water. And, like, nutrition's in the soil. And I mean, like, certain... Like... I mean, I think this stuff like this is planned for, but it's like, rain is still good, but it doesn't continuously rain like this. No. And... Well, like, you know how in certain countries they have monsoon season, but this is what it feels like monsoon season. Because mm-hmm. where it continuously rains and they can't really plant or harvest anything in no. that time unless it's something that's particular towards rain. I mean, stuff that kind of thrives off of being in water all the time is like rice. Yep, that's what I was about to that's say. That's one thing that kind of works with that. There's probably other plants too. I can't think of off the top of my head, but plants that are going to nef- kind of suffer from this, I think are things like... almost legitimately everything everything but i'm thinking about like you know some of the biggest things like corn soybeans and all that wheat yeah because well a lot of plants are finicky ass bitches Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the soil because the soil has to be in a particular mixture of nitrogen or lack of nitrogen you know who knows all about this elliot yeah because he grew up on a farm yep this is what his dad does god i'm like in that one moment, I need Elliot to tell me about soil. <laughs> I remember some of the stuff. I, again, because I did take, like, stuff. I went to a small high school. We had farming-related classes. I took stuff. Of- there was a soil thing in a class that I took, and I remember some of the stuff. And he did explain how, like, um, if you're growing strawberries, the strawberries produce enough nitrogen, and that's good to plant corn in, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because, again... <laughs> Certain plants thrive off of certain nutrients in soil. You can't really say, oh, all plants are the same, so blah, 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 blah. It's kind of like, well, it's the same with how, like, all plants thrive off of different seasons. Like, how, I don't know, raspberries aren't really a thing until, like, the fall. Same with, like, apples, for the most part. I'm gonna see if he'll answer this. I need facts on soil. (laughs) Okay, but it's kind of... If it continuously rains, it's going to fuck up the ecosystem, and it's going to... That's why we don't have monsoon season everywhere. Yeah, and that's why, like, this is just going to fuck it up and destroy the crops. 
And my goodness, unless they come up with a way to like adapt the crops <laughs> to this type of new weather, we're all gonna die. I, everything about this is just sucks. Well, I mean, because there are ways to, there are, I don't know, when it comes to, I feel like that there are ways around stuff like this because they do make like genetically modified plants. Mm hmm. So I feel like there's a way to get around this with genetically modified plants, but it takes a while and it's usually like in labs and stuff. Yep. But also like there are ways to fix plants because like there's this thing with but wheat. we do have indoor gardens. Yeah. yeah, there are indoor gardens. There are indoor things. There are actually like in certain places they grow plants without using soil. It's just an arid type thing where they just squirt water on it because you mm. don't you don't particularly need soil for everything, but it just grows better with soil sometimes. It's weird. Plants are weird, guys. Plants are weird. Plants are weird, but we love them. That's why we have so many plant mommies and daddies. Yeah. <laughs> but um, plants are weird. I mean, especially succulents when you think about them, because it's like you have to ignore them. I think I've ignored mine too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think I've explained this before. It's just weird, and obviously Norman knows nothing about, like... Really anything that we've talked about on this episode. And I feel like the way that I can certifiably <laughs> say I know more than Norman is because, one, I grew up in small-town Minnesota where there was a farming community where literally, like, one of my classmates is like, oh, yeah, my parents own, like, a dairy farm and et cetera. And I've seen, like... And literally, I've, like, I've been... I've, I've done classes on, I've like... I've literally texted my boss... Who grew up on a farm. Literally a solid conversation we had for three hours of drive time was about fucking soil. I mean, I'm I've like... done I've done large animal science, small animal science. <laughs> I've been to a goat. I've been to like the largest goat farm in Minnesota. The goat the baby goats were so cute, Sia. I'm like, this dude is about to blow Norman out of the water with facts on soil. Soil And the so- thing is, like, facts on soil don't they change, but they don't really change because farmers know what they're doing with farming and shit because, well, Benjamin Franklin came up with the Farmer's Almanac and all that shit, and farmers just kind of, like, before the technical names came to it. <laughs> I don't even know what the Farmer's Almanac does. It's just around. That's where the whole early to bed, early to rise makes oh, a man yeah. wise sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know all that, but, you know, all that shit? Mm-hmm. And it's true. Now, does it give Elliot more credibility? Because not a lot of people know that he was born into the Mennonite society. I think it gives credibility because, one, he grew up on a farm. He knows about farm stuff, they farm don't, life. Yeah, they don't have... Or, technology. I mean, they do use it, but it's, like, you know, it's more... For necessity versus... I mean, yeah, they have a tractor, I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, tractors yes. just make life easier. <laughs> Not everyone wants to use the horse and plow, Saya. I know. That's just an well, I mean, he had to explain to me what silos were for. I'm like, what the fuck do you even use those for? What you are... store hay in it. Or you grind oh. stuff in it. No, apparently you can just put anything in there. Like, you got a lot of corn, just throw it in the fucking silo. Yes, yeah, st- silos are usually used for storage. Yeah. I think some silos are... Well, there's some stuff that they use for, like, grinding, like, wheat into flour... I think that's, that's a different a thing. Not a silo. Well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, the only reason why I know what a silo fucking does is because I play I, Stardew fucking Valley. I'm keeping bodies in my silo. You know what? That's perfectly fine. Oh, uh, well, apparently well, you'd be able to smell them, so. I mean, you just put, you just add some 
You add some cow manure into it. Mm-hmm. It covers the smell. You just turn it into fertilizer, Saya. Yeah. It makes everything grow healthier. There's probably... (laughs) I'm going to store my skeletons in the silo. That way they won't fall out of the closet. I mean, the... Okay, this is funny, but in (laughs) Minecraft... Oh, God, it's so many skeletons. This is just my stupid video game knowledge, but in uh, Minecraft, you use bone meal to grow stuff quickly. That's true. Yeah. Oh, you would know this because of Nate, wouldn't you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he plays Minecraft. I forget that. Like, religiously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Um, one of my friends, she, she was, I, okay, I hate it when people say you're not a real gamer unless you play XYZ, and it's like, one of my friends was basically told, you're not a real gamer because you don't play Minecraft. <laughs> I've also heard that you're not a real gamer because you don't play Fortnite, and I'm just like... I, I like playing my games. You play your games. I just don't want to play Fortnite. Anymore. I don't want to play Fortnite either. I, I, I like playing Minecraft sometimes, but I mostly like just causing chaos. I don't find it that fun. So. Saya, it's because you haven't like done. You haven't gotten into creative mode and just dropped random animals from like fifty feet in the air <laughs> and learn. Okay, what's gonna survive this fall? Chickens fly. Nice. Also, you just haven't randomly gone in and set fire to stuff. Fair enough. Or like trapped your villagers in like a glass cage. <laughs> so it's over just a lava like pit. The Sims, but cubey. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, in my well, with all the mods I have in my Sims game, I'm like able to what set people on fire or chainsaw them or yeah, there we go. See. You know, I've been able to like start a cannabis industry business type thing or just to live in bakery. I've done a lot of things in The Sims. Okay, guys. Oh, yeah, no, a lot of weird stuff has happened in The Sims, especially with the werewolves coming in. The weather service said the rain would... Oh, wait, I already read that. Yeah. There was one more problem to deal with. A whole year's food crop had been lost, and it was September. Winter was coming. Winter is coming. (laughs) He's like, go ahead and say it, Maya. (laughs) You know me. The West was in fair shape, but Asia couldn't make it through the winter. I think that that feels like a lie. That does kind of feel like a lie because I feel like the rice would have... I feel like they have their own irrigation system where the rice would be fine. Especially because, I, well, rice is one of a big staple of their food. I feel like... Rice is a big staple of their food and not to mention that it's in like the... Generally in Asia is a big... Like rice is a staple and... It dries out really yeah. well. Well, also, like, like soy, soybeans is kind of a thing because they use it for tofu. Tofu is mm-hmm. kind of a big thing there, too, because it's made from into different things, like, made from different things into different things. Yeah. Um, a lot of their, well, trying to think about it, like, they do have, a, well, it's like you also have to think about, like, stuff like um, other ingredients like bok choy, bamboo, because bamboo mm-hmm. shoots is used in there. Uh, stuff for kimchi, so, like, um, thinking more along the lines of, like, cabbage and, you know, egg, I'm just thinking more of the veggie. I don't, I've never grown cabbage or eggplant. Neither have I. I feel, tomatoes can be finicky because of, like, they're just finicky-ass bitches. They're finicky-ass bitches, and I know this because we've grown tomatoes in my garden, my family garden, for, like, a few years now. Don't think we've had any grow. We've had volunteer pumpkin plants. Yeah, that was interesting. That one was funny because it, it just... It was, it just, it 
appeared expanded it just showed up one day <laughs> and then we we're like okay we didn't have to really maintain it and then we had all these little tiny pumpkins they were very cute we also have a grapevine that just well now this is like its second year coming in and we've had it for like since we moved in and this is its second year of it like actually producing grape grapes cute because last year my mom harvested it she made grape vinegar Ooh. and so now it's like this year she's gonna do like a grape like a jalapeno grape jelly, and okay. then possibly grape juice. So we'll we'll see about it. They would have famines unseen in all history. Okay. Um, I beg differ. Potato famine. Oh, right. But also, I feel like, I feel like, um, I feel like in certain countries that have a big populace of people, they have prepared for shit like this. Yeah. So is it just meant to say that like the Western countries only survive or, or have stocks because they're smarter and Asia doesn't because they're not smart? Also, we need to think about manufactured food, imported food, also thinking about yeah. like preservatives and stuff. I mean, like they pickle stuff a lot in certain like Asian countries as well. So they probably have stuff that's been pickled. They probably have stuff that. That's been, like, preserved and other sort of stuff to, like, save. I mean, there are people that are pretty good at being thrifty on this shit. <laughs> I had an... I went to my workroom to start my last surprise. I had another chessboard and plywood set with parameters for a new Hal task. I put one chess piece on the board. This would tell Hal to exert a 5 billion ton force on the poles. What? That she, feels like a terrible idea. Is she going to squish the planet? Is she actually going to make the earth flat? More pieces could be put on the board later to exert more force if needed. Finally, I moved my hands along the borders of the plywood to get Hale started. With that, there was nothing to do but wait and see what happened. Oh, okay, so we're just going to do this? Like, no hypothesis? No. What it... Prime Minister Blair showed up shortly. Did I just, like, miss a page? No. This is... No. Prime Minister Blair showed up shortly before 10 p.m. He was very anxious to talk to me. Steve and I went down to the living room. I mentioned to the Parkers they were invited to watch us. Arthur was there, too. The p.m. began. Greenwich Observatory reports the Earth's... Earth poles are moving. Is this true? The Earth Poles actually do move on their own naturally. It's they a, do, it's but slowly it's, but surely. But you shouldn't move them naturally. Naturally, without well, ruining. You shouldn't move them forcefully. You shouldn't force forcefully, I mean. But like they do move naturally on their own. Very minimally. It happens over time, but it is gradual. And doing that, I by force is definitely going to fuck up things. Steve, I don't know why she's doing this, but Steve okay. Steve answered while well, I had the fun of watching their talk because the man, man needs to talk for me. When I say it's the patriarchy's fault, I mean stuff like this and writers like like Melvin here. Yes, sir. Teresa's turning the earth pole over pole. The earth declines 23 degrees in the 27 minutes from the plane of its orbit causes the seasons i think that's more with the equator 
slash the well it's also based on the poles as well because yeah. like the equator divides it and then that's where, like magnetism and stuff. magnetism and all that shit so it's like the it's the equator is just the dividing line and then we have like the poles that happen on the each side so changing the poles would just change the the whole like when it's winter on australia it's summer it, it's just gonna change like when we have the seasons Teresa wants to decrease the declination to five degrees to give everybody summer weather all year long. No. 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 That's not good. That is really not good. No. That's terrible. No, because we need spring. We do need the spring because that's when we, like, plant a lot of, that's when we plant a lot of things. That's when they take, like, yeah, there's planting. They take root, and that's also when, like, trees are blossoming and all that stuff. Yeah, because, fruit. Yeah, and the thing is, it's, like, you can't have something eternal summer so it keeps continuously, like, producing something because it's not going to happen that way. No. Because it's just going to eventually die out. And then we need the fall because, like, certain other plants take root in the fall, like apple trees and other just plants in general. It's Again, It's almost like... like- Dude, even The Sims has this on, like, the most basic level where they, like, have it where it's, like, if you have the seasons in The Sims, because you have to buy that as an expansion, they have it where it's, like, you can only harvest apples and then, like, it's, like, apples and then some other fruits in the fall. Unless you have an indoor greenhouse. Exactly. It's, like, some (laughs) plants you can also, like, harvest and grow in other seasons, but usually there are some that are, like, very season-specific. It's also the same in, like, other, like, life simulation games where it's, like, you can only grow this particular plant in this season. Wow. So, yeah, this is just fucking it up. The farmers can grow three crops a year. They can start planting now. We already talked about it. Yeah. How does she do this? She has hail push rock under the North Pole with billions of tons of pressure in one direction and the same force on the South Pole in opposite direction. To counteract this torque, she exerts the opposite torque on the moon. That's not what torque means! How is she controlling the moon? Some days I wake up. This is just... This is just totally fucking up the Earth's environment and creating, like, a natural disaster after natural disaster in eternal summer. Look, eternal season of anything is going to fuck up everything. Yes. I mean, literally, this is, okay, this might be funny, but literally for one of, like, oh, it was the Recess movie. Oh, yeah. Where the guy wanted to make eternal winter. Eternal winter. So they would always be in school. This is the same exact thing. <laughs> Just summer. It's the same thing, Saya. <laughs> but no. You're right. She's the good guy. <laughs> oh, God, no. No. <laughs> She's literally a cartoon villain. She's literally the principal from Recess. 
love. It's perpetual summer's love. It will be perpetual. It will be perpetual summer's love. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't want that. Elliot Ghost wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's going to be big offended after we've (laughs) attacked his book. (laughs) No, I don't want eternal summer. But, like, why Tarkomi? Like, that's not the right word to use at all. <laughs> I think he was just looking for synonyms, yeah. and this was the only one that was like, oh, this sounds smart. Ooh, I'm going to put that in there. <laughs> when will it reach five degrees? Teresa wants to do it by Christmas, but we don't know how much force to exert. So she wants to make it so it's not a white Christmas. Oh, my God. She wants to take the snow away from Christmas, Saya. That's like taking the Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> I could not say that with a straight face. You can't. Damn it. No. So she wants to like basically make everything eternal summer by Christmas time? Yes. Okay. <sighs> we'll go with that. I hate it here. I hate it here so much. Also, is not like a big time for mushrooms like in the fall? I don't know anything about mushrooms. I'm just, um, it's it's a thought that came to mind. The earth isn't a solid ball. It is for the most part. It's pretty solid. If you could have the daily change in declination reported on television, she can adjust the pressure. It's not how that works. No. It's not how any of this works! Why does it sound like this is trying to become a flat earther book? It will be done. Mrs. Hartley is trying to eliminate winter. <laughs> yeah, I, she figures we don't need it. She figures we don't need she it. She figures we don't need it. She's she's in college for mathematics, not meteorology or... Uh, environment... Uh, environmental science ecological sciences biological sciences and it's like again i'm a i graduated with a bachelor of science in film and video production and i know we need winter i feel that it's you know we know this stuff so people don't absolutely rip our content to shreds like what's happening here oh that's gonna fuck with the birds a lot don't you think yeah, because they're not going to know when it's, like, when's mating season. Yeah. Or... So it's also going to fuck with zoology. Oh, it's also going to fuck with, like, kind of, like, the environmental fact. Like, think about it. Like, if the birds don't fly south for the winter, think about how, like, a lot of, like, their usual, like... You know how, like, where they usually get food from? Yeah. It's going to get overpicked. It's going to get overpicked where they live not in the winter? Yeah. But then it'll grow exponentially... Where they, where they don't go for the winter. Where they don't go for the winter. And, see, that'll happen. And then, like, well, the fish aren't going to have a time to, like, actually reproduce because they usually do that during a cer- certain times of the year again because mm-hmm. they can figure it out because of the change in temperatures and weather. You know, I'm also going to go for this one because it's perpetual summer. That allows um, insects that carry diseases to have... Meaning, consistent mating season. Yeah, meaning we're going to have a ass ton of mosquitoes. Meaning that things that are very deadly will... Also that, like, I know... Oh, that means we're also going to get bigger, like, insects as well. Because they're yeah. never going to have, like, a time where they, like, do that thing where they, like, just kind of... Like, they don't die, but they, like, kind of 
kind of kind of sleep. Yeah. Like they're not alive, but they're not dead. Hibernating. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> like hibernating isn't like oh you sleep all this time, but it's like they just don't move for a long time. But like yeah, no, we're gonna get huge ass bugs like they do in like countries that are actually warm all year round. Like you know how big certain oh, yeah. flies and shit can get in the Amazon yeah. rainforest. It's gonna get like that. How awful! Oh God. Ah, uh, God. That is so much things to fuck up. Oh my God. That we've just realized. I don't want to deal with that. I hate it. <sighs> Good Lord, he said, looking at me. You'll be remembered for a million years if the planet even lasts that long after all this. Oh, God. Looking back at Steve, he asked, May one inquire what other plans Mrs. Hartley has? Because I can't ask her herself. You know what? They're she's good, a woman. They're going to be remembered as the assholes who that stole Christmas. Yeah, that's terrible. Yep. She has no other plans. When you think about it, hell is not very useful for anything unless you want... To move the Matterhorn to Texas, which is a tempting idea. Why is that tempting? What is, what's the Matterhorn? It's a, it's a mountain in the Alps. Thank you. What else can she do with hell? Nothing. Good lord, so much power and she can't do anything practical. Wait, she can start a major league baseball career. That's true. But is that really practical? No. No. It's just fun. It is, you know, not shaming people who play Major League Baseball. But it's practical for you. Yeah, it's practical for you. Pretty weird, huh? Smiled Steve. We'll probably become professional college students. We can't get jobs. Thank you for the information. We'll leave you now. It's late. Are you going to tell people about this? This moment, the astronomers already question. Edmund, your telephone. Of course, old boy. You could see how excited the Prime Minister was. Now it will hit the fan, said Steve. What will hit the fan? The shit, of course. Oh my god. That was the worst. That was probably the worst chapter in this book. This is just... This has been almost two hours. Yeah, no, it's because this is all an environmental disaster that's going to wreak havoc on everything. How can anyone think that this is a good idea? This because isn't a good idea. Teresa. No, it's... Specifically, the author wrote this into the book. I know. The author thought this was a good idea. Oh, this is such a brilliant idea. And it's tempting to move a giant mountain into Texas. That would just, again, cause more, like, ecological disasters. Because it's like you're moving an entire mountain, a whole ecosystem, into a completely different ecosystem. The Alps is definitely not Texas. It's not. not even on the same... (laughs) Continent. Not on the same bed, not on the same continent. Different animals living in different areas. And, again, different, like, environments. So it's just, like, super shit-tastic. This is so infuriating. And it's going to be raining all year long. I mean, some states are already used to that. I mean, look at Portland. Yeah. Like, cities, but, like, look at Oregon, Washington. Look at the entire, like, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. That's already used to a lot of the rain. But a lot of southern states would suffer. I'm just specifically talking about America because that's what I can attest to when it comes to, like, just that. And then it'll definitely affect, like, 
coastal states for sure because the sea levels will more than likely rise as well with perpetual rain. Yep, meaning that you're going to start sinking like California and... I mean, California will definitely sink, and it'll probably definitely, like, edge away from the rest of the United States and just drift off to sea. Bye! Bye, California! But honestly... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it's just... This is full of disastrous ideas and just dangerous thinking. And just who thinks it's a good idea? It's like, yeah, winter can get annoying, but it's still important to the places that get it. Why is it important? Because we need a time of the year where it's a time of death, but it's a time where the it's not really death. It's just a time where everything can like sleep and regain some sort of energy. And by spring, everything is like waking up again, starting to blossom. It's and like, then yes, I have been rejuvenated. Ah, uh, yes, I am back. I am free. Because all the trees are like the trees still do their thing where they take in all of like the carbon. And then they well they produce carbon and all that a shit. Rest They're just resting. The trees aren't necessarily dead. They're just resting. They're still doing their job though. Yes. They just don't have their leaves on. Well, pine trees always have their needles. Because they are coniferous trees. Oh yes. And then oh just think about how that'll affect like deserts. Oh god. They're just gonna be giant mud puddles. <laughs> And it's like, well, why do we need deserts? It's like... Because we do! There are certain animals and plants that can only survive out in the desert. (laughs) I mean, look at fucking vultures. Everybody fucking stop fighting with me. Only certain liver... Livers? Lizards can live out in the desert. Livers. (laughs) Livers. (laughs) Certain, like, only certain, like animals can live in deserts only certain plants can live in the deserts like cacti and like you know certain people agave yes agave is the plant i was trying to think but certain people persons also live in the deserts because it's culturally that's where their people are from also like think about again like middle eastern countries where a lot of it is also desert yeah just giant mud puddle Giant mud puddle. My goodness, so it's like we would be just decimating. I wonder how that would affect the rainforest more. Would that make it more rainy and foresty? Would probably, that actually probably. would that benefit it more? No. Probably not. It's already rainy and foresty enough. Can you overwater the rainforest? I think you though? can. You could over, you could overwater anything. I mean you can, but it's the rainforest. It's in That's the name. That's true. Would more rain affect the rainforest? It might affect the people living in the rainforest because people people still live there, guys. Well, so do animals. That's true, too. And as we've established, Teresa does not give a shit about animals. No, Teresa doesn't give a shit about anyone unless it has to deal with herself. And Melvin. Fuck you, Melvin. Because Melvin speaks for her. Because she is just a stupid woman. Melvin is going to have a lot to say about you and me. Ah, <sighs> Melvin... Well, Melvin, at least we have a degree. At least I have my degree. You don't, because you're a bitch. Because he's only 18. Which makes sense why they're so fucking stupid. True. 
But, and I mean... But here's the thing. When the Recess movie came out, and I was like, wait, wouldn't Eternal Winter, like, completely fuck up the environment? I was still a small child, Saya. I was, like, six. Yeah. I was, like, small, and I was even like, wouldn't this mess up everything? And I still understood that. At that age. When that movie came... When did that movie come out? Oh, fuck. Hold on. Saya's looking up, but no. When that movie came out and I watched it, I even understood that doing that would fuck up the environment. 2001. So yeah, about five to six years old, even five to six year old me was like, that's going to fuck up stuff. (laughs) So yeah, five to six year old Maya understood more than Norman Bhutan. Who was very old. Very old. Much older than I was at that age. Yes. So yeah, eternal seasons, not very a good idea if you're... Like, if your country or where you live doesn't experience some form of an eternal season, it's not a good idea. I mean, yeah, Minnesota only experiences construction and winter. Yes. But it's important. Everything's healing. Everything is important. I mean, we need to get those raspberries somehow, Saya. Oh, we do. Even though they're all prickly. Also, grapes. That's when they, um, it takes the whole summer for them to grow, and then they, like show like that's when they're like in full of the yeah i have like no idea how grapes work grapes are weird it's like you have them growing throughout the summer and then they're ripe for the picking in like the fall cool so about like end of september beginning of october family grows grapes as well so i'm gonna have to ask (laughs) yeah i don't know shit about grapes i think strawberries are more of a summer fruit again i do too strawberries are weird when you look at the plant they are I just know weird plants. Weird plant shit. Weird plant shit. But yes. This has been Empress Teresa and her fucking up the whole world. And her... (laughs) She hasn't really said anything in this chapter. No, it's just been Steve and all the men talking. Melvin. All the men have just been talking, not her. No, you're right. For a main character, she's very suppressive. They probably don't like, let her talk because this is literally her. <laughs> and she probably doesn't, like, speak words. Yeah, no. As she probably s- just goes, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, she literally did die. She did. <laughs> and this is the result of her dying and coming back to life. And her just having the weird fingers and the dead shark eyes. And the hair and just everything. The hair that contains water. Yeah. Which should actually just be, like, really gross and very... Moldy. Yeah. She should have dreads, shouldn't she? I think so. If she has more moisture in her hair. I don't know how dreads work, so... I I think it... (laughs) Not trying to be racist here. I just literally don't know. Well, I mean, it's more like it's... You don't wash your hair as much with it, and it's, like, about... I don't, I I vaguely know. Don't know that much, but still. This has been Teresa fucking up the environment.